Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The daily ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing 48 Hours, directed by Walter Hill. We have newly released Breaking by Abi Damaris Corbin, Pinocchio by Robert Zemeckis, Barbarian by Zach Greger, and The Woman King, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Daily, how's it going, buddy? How's it going, Thomas? It's going okay with me. And uh, how was your week of movies, man? A week was good. A lot of a lot of new releases. Uh, always exciting when we can get uh, above three. Yeah, four. I was surprised yeah. by. You know, some of these fall in that uh, that uh, uh, semi on streaming service, semi still in theaters. Uh, obviously, everything's still getting swept by Maverick. So you know, they'll take their <laughs> money where they can get it. <laughs> So true. Uh, so I, I was able to knock a lot of these out, obviously. Pinocchio, uh, Disney Plus, and things like that. So, yeah. Above average week, uh, but en- enjoyed a lot of this. Uh, excited to talk about all these movies. Uh, got some hot takes, certainly. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to give What those. do you think I'm most excited to hear about at this Oh, Pinocchio, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's both Zemeckis and... Uh, yeah. Um, Colonel Parker himself. Yeah, Colonel Parker. <laughs> but first, let's get to that one previously released. This is going back to 1982. Uh, this is called 48 Hours. It's directed by Walter Hill, and it's 48 HRS hours. Because <laughs> yeah. there, there was a show that came out in 88 then. It was 82 uh, Walter Hill's 48 Hours. What do we have here with this film? Sure. So uh, another chip away at the unofficial Walter Hill project. Uh, we we covered The Warriors. Uh, we covered uh, Streets of Fire. Yep. yep. Uh, and now we're kind of jumping back around. Uh, unofficial because, believe me, I'm not exactly doing a director study with him. But this was on a list and uh, happens to be another Walt Hill. And also might be kind of the unofficial announcement of uh, an Eddie Murphy run. Uh, I was looking at his film on. It's got a lot. Uh, yeah. And I mean, good stuff, too. Sure. Or, crit- uh, you know, <laughs> what's talked about is right, good. Right, right. Whether it holds up the daily ratings is a different story. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it landed on kind of a thought to, to possibly do, because on my end, I'm looking at his filmography. 48 Hours is the first of his films. Uh, really? And this is obviously apart from any kind of comedy special like Raw or, or, or stand-up stuff. Right, right. On top of that as well, I mean, I have no interest in covering almost anything past like 95 in this filmography. That's With I Eddie Murphy. To, that's what, yeah. That's what Dr. I get. Doolittle. Uh, Nutty Professor, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I have no interest. Uh, but this first run, I mean, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, I, I am I am interested. So we may get some, get, may get some Coming Eddie to Murphy. America? 
Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, some Eddie Murphy love. We'll see. I love that. Uh, above all else, we are watching 48 Hours this week, folks, because uh, 48 Hours is considered to be the origin, uh, the grandfather of the buddy cop film. This. Yes. Uh, this is pre-Lethal Weapon. This is, of course, pre-anything Rush Hour, um, Bad Boys, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel like Lethal Weapon is so tuned in to that first kind of buddy cop, and th- this is, uh, you know. Maybe like Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2 kind of perfected it almost, or, yeah. or sealed it, as far as like, oh no, this is like going to be the trend for a while. Bingo, But bingo. it starts here, you Absolutely. Say. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and this is more so me going off of some of the research, people calling this the the... The template that that's all based off. Right. You hit the nail on the head, though, that I think Lethal Weapon is a much more refined product. This is proto. This is, right, you know, right. first kind of run at it. And there's a lot of uh, ripple effect uh, to it being a proto. Uh, I'll make a lot of comparisons to the ripple effect we have from 1970s movies, particularly late 70s type of film that we're seeing, the scripts that are picked up. Certainly the the huge aftermath that Dirty Harry has kind of left in the American film landscape uh, for San Francisco type of stories, um, really rough cop type of stories. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in the soundtrack even. So while 48 Hours is, is the grandfather to the buddy cop in itself, it is at one piece in, if you will, the evolution yeah, of kind of, of cop movies. Yeah, hard-boiled movies. As you always say, on the shoulders of giants. Yes, and this stemmed yes. from something as things stemmed from this. Absolutely. <clears throat> Real quick on the dates. Uh, this is 82 for yep. Walter Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, our past two films, did, were they after this? Uh, Streets of Fire was 84, so after. Okay. And then I think Warriors was... Late 70, 70s, right? Yeah, 77 or 79? Yeah, 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 something like that, yeah. Okay, so this is in between here. Yeah, this is in between. But these um, are big actors here. Because oh, Ed, yeah. Eddie Murphy's big at this point because of his... Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, Raw is... Comedic career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huge. I mean, if not like a prolific stand-up special. Right. Uh, and to him, I mean, again, it, there, was a, there was a really... There was a curiosity. There was an electricity walking to this film. It has this, this, you know, this accolade of first buddy cop. It's Eddie Murphy's first run. Uh, Nick Nolte, Nick for Nolte. better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's for worse, unfortunately, there. But, uh, you know, it was interesting. I was, yeah. I was coming into this. So that, that's that's why we're watching this this week, folks. Um, basically, the story follows the hard-boiled San Francisco detective played by Nick Nolte. Uh, he is on the trail of a prison escapee that quickly becomes a, a cop killer, the... the uh, the, this this escapee, the villain here is kind of kind of finds himself to be a psychopath within the film, uh, and 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 that, that's kind of his depiction. He, he loves killing cops, <laughs> so oh, okay. I, I think uh, right off the back we're a little bit more simple than even the lowest of the Dirty Harry sequels as far as kind of villain crafting. But hey, it's 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 not terrible. Uh, at the end of his leads and the end of his wits, uh, Nick Nolte teams up with a convict for forty eight hours. You know. Just right off the pack, that 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 partnership may just be the right stuff to track down uh, this criminal. Uh, this is where Eddie Murphy comes in, and I have to be honest, he just comes in a little too late. Uh, it's like thirty minutes in, and I, when I say you know Nick Nolte is at the end of his wits and the end of his leads, I mean we really see him just doing his thing for so long, hmm. and then really only at the end of that we we get involved with Eddie Murphy. Perfect example right there that. You look at something like Lethal Weapon, you look at something like Nice Guys, or really any any kind of in-between there of quality, and there is a uh, 
There is a difference in how quickly we get the buddy cop together. Uh, I think it's... It's almost instantaneously. Or at least we have character development, character development, and then they meet up. Exactly. But you're getting it on screen. Yeah, and 30 minutes may sound not not like a lot, but I mean, this is only like, I think it's a, it's, it's a buck hour, 38, you know? 30, hour yeah. 36. Yeah, yeah. So he's so. missing for the first third of the film, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I just think there's just something so fundamental. You understand what this film is about. You understand where it works in the edit. Make that snappier. You know, lean to what works mm-hmm, there. Definitely. And clearly, Eddie Murphy is really a breath of fresh air. I would say his performance here is very proto. Uh, he gets a little bit of time that he's he's, he's doing his normal thing. He's he, They walk in on him singing uh, on, a, on a Walkman. Uh, he's singing some Prince song, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he really is such a, 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 a... I mean, he is holding the comedy tag of this yeah. up. almost entirely by himself. Okay. We'll talk about some of the comedy itself uh, in in a little bit, but I would say if, as far as this being maybe the unofficial start to watching an Eddie Murphy run, he was definitely one of the best parts about this film. Uh, Just a little bit too late. Okay. I mean? Well, do we get Eddie Murphy drama as well? Like, are we seeing him for the first time as a serious character? No. I I would say, I mean, there's, there's serious moments mostly in the the forced tension that is between the two of them as partners. Okay. Which I think is critical for any kind of buddy cop film. They got to kind of hate each other uh to yeah, like each other. Yeah, you need to have tension between the t- yeah, 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 yeah. But for the um, most part it's he's he's comedic. He's oh, he's yeah. a comic character. Nolte has got none of the comedy chops. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got chops. He's he's gripping people up, but uh I mean the action is 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 wild here, but it's it's all on his shoulders and in a good way and in a bad way. Uh this film is much more serious much more gritty kind of a again it's it's kind of a totally different thing uh, I can't really compare this to a lethal weapon in ways because the grittiness is no doubt a product coming out in 82 of the rough late 70s story style um, this is a lot and I mean folks a lot more rough than uh, around the edges than something that we would see even just a couple years later uh, characters are brash and almost like unredeemable across the board every cop is terrible in this <laughs> like uh hard-boiled is definitely a descriptor for like noir stories and, and cop stories or detective stories but it's like everyone's an <laughs> asshole <laughs> everyone's real bad i would say nearly every character is extremely racist uh and <laughs> uh I, you know as far as this being a point of where maybe some of the things were were comedic back in the day. I mean, the script is really out of pocket in some areas. I mean, like really, really out of pocket. Yeah. So much so that again, in 82, even just the shock value of that could have been, you know, not saying that audiences would agree with it, with the, with the slang, right. More so the shock value and how drastically Nolte and, and Murphy are as, as characters. Maybe those were comedic moments. I was not, you know, I, I did not find them to be comedic. You know I mean? The film puts a light on them as well. Well, in a dramatic sense, when we finally get some sort of cohesion between Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, you know, as friends, right, uh, right, yeah, it's it's just it's just it comes out of nowhere. Uh, for a twenty twenty two watch, it's 
Yeah. A little bit more, like, it's abrasive on you a little bit more. It, it's it's <laughs> abrasive, but I think, it, it, you know, even watching this in 82, I, I wouldn't call it comedy. Uh, you know what I mean? it's If anything, it's drama between the two of them. Right. Uh, and the racial divide. It's just, it comes out of nowhere. A lot. And uh, there's a lot of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, uh, out of pocket is definitely the note there. <laughs> Once again, I mean, I think in, in, in 82, these could be comedic spots, uh, but uh, the film plays them for drama. So, I think my my, my my critical outlook on this is that well the film is is kind of coming back to it tying back to it as drama was it meant to be comedy in the first place and I don't think it is so in which case I, I wasn't really digging it uh, Nick Nolte in particular is also a freight truck in this <laughs> He is, Would you expect anything less? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like some <laughs> people got injured on set with this. He is just gripping <laughs> people did. up. And, you know, if you, you can really tell when someone is, like, fake choking someone on screen. And believe me, <laughs> I'm not needing realism, but, like, he is choking people. <laughs> it is it's wild. I think this is a, is a small highlight in the sense that late 70s fallout uh, uh, of that, that grittiness uh, was kind of a positive because again the action was 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 shocking right, right. <laughs> just the same way that the dialogue was shocking right. in ways and, and and that was there was a it was it, I don't again, hate that I don't like the sound of that yeah it, it's not anything like a lethal weapon but you could see where you know Shane Black would look at this and say okay I can refine this mm-hmm, you know sure. and, and give it charm and give it uh, entertainment yeah you know I think a part of this uh, part of the problem this film has is it's also very sad you know what I mean there's not a lot of fun for it to have in this buddy comedy it is built as a comedy too. yeah yeah a partial comedy at least. And it's all it's all on Eddie's shoulders. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. Uh, one last note here is uh, there is a super odd soundtrack and score. Uh, James <laughs> Horner does this, and obviously, clearly, a a, a very big working professional. Uh, you know, it's certainly cool in parts but impossibly goofy in others. Um, you hear your kind of normal noir saxophone, and then all of a sudden there's like very, very prominent steel drum that comes, and it's like jazzy steel drum, too. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. And it just doesn't work. It oh, just it, doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, this goes back to my comparison. Clearly, this is trying to do a Lalo Schifrin, Dirty Harry style, kind of, you know, groovy cop feel to it. Sure. Uh, and it really just falls not- flat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I Seriously, if you have no interest in watching this movie, look up the soundtrack and just hear the huge amount of steel drum. <laughs> <laughs> in this. Like, the music's good, and then there's just like it's still during like out chase scenes or something like that. Oh, it's, it's in every. It's, oh, it's, it's, it comes it's... out in every every piece of the <laughs> okay. score. It's real bad. <laughs> But steel drums aside, uh, <laughs> overall, I think um, I really tune into this by saying it is lacking charm. But it is also because of that, it lacks a lot of electricity. Uh, it's lacking electricity in villain. It's lack electricity in the relationship between the two. And I think maybe charm is really the secret ingredient that would tie that all together. Unrefined, rough, uh, but I do agree that this is the template for a buddy cop film, as rough as it is, as as proto as it is. 
uh, it's it's all right here, but in that, that is on shoulders of giants themselves. I see just as much as Dirty Harry in this as I see 48 Hours in Lethal Weapon. So, an interesting study. I do not regret watching this film. I'm not coming away with a positive rating, but it really was interesting to watch uh, okay. for that reason. I just don't feel that the template is the best of the subgenre. Uh, I'm not even close to a diehard fan of Lethal Weapon, but in no way I would recommend this film over it. And in no way would I recommend, you know, no way in hell would I recommend uh, this film over Nice Guys or something I actually do like. So we're going to go ahead and give 48 hours. Get ready now. Okay. Hey, 48. <laughs> oh, very cute. Very cute. It is legit how I feel on it, though. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure it wasn't a 49. It... <laughs> sure it wasn't 47. Uh, I was all over the map with this film. I mean, I would say... <laughs> Did you have to reflect on it a bit after watching it, or yeah. by the end were you like, I got pretty much got this solidified? Yeah, and especially I had I had to kind of you know when when I refine some of my notes, and believe me, I can be long winded on movies. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you look at the the time the runtime of these podcasts. There's a there's a steady incline no. <laughs> to the runtime. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it is uh, it was something that. Um, I had to kind of reflect on how much I cared about the soundtrack, how much I cared about some of like the the dicey racist stuff, uh, and yeah. I, it really did. It, 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 what I came to is that this was sitting with me quite a bit for the takeaway of the film. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. So that's forty eight for forty eight hours. Vin, very nice. <laughs> um, so before we move on, because we have four new releases, just want to remind folks we're completely producer supported here. We're going on the value for value model. So are you enjoying the podcast or are you using the website at all? Uh, if you are and you're finding it valuable, can you put a a dollar sign to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to the dailyratings.com, you head to the donations tab, and uh, basically that's what you can do. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel. We have reoccurring donations if you want, or you can do a one time of your choosing of any amount. You write a note into us, and we're going to read that note too on air. So, again, uh, staying away from corporate advertising, uh, trying, we're just trying to uh, build something here, and it, it's it's coming along slow, but it's it's good. Sure. I think more than anything, we've been enjoying hearing from the few people that have wrote, written, actually wrote in and, and you know what I mean? And hearing maybe some flack, you know, taking a jab at me, taking right, a right. jab at some sports, <laughs> which is honestly, you know, if I'm, if I'm giving the criticism, we've got to take it a little bit too, so. Yeah, and that's the fun. That does get fun. And that's yeah. why you can write anything to us in the notes and we're going to read it. Also, I just want to give a shout out to producer Sean, who mm. donated a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of hit us up and he's been helping us out on the website. Oh, yes. And yes. so I just want to give a shout out to producer Sean and a big thanks for that. I told him, I said, we have no money to give you. And he's just like, it doesn't, he, he doesn't care. He's just like, I got some time after work, work slow during the day. He's like, not going to move. He's a little bit on the site, which yeah, is absolutely. a big help for us. Because <laughs> any, any headway there oh, right, is, right. Fun, is, is great for us. So anyway, we want to give a shout out to producer Sean there. But again, folks, at dailyratings.com, go to the donations tab. And we thank you so much for becoming a producer. Okay, so Vin, with that, we're going to go to our now in theaters, our, our new release. Quickly being kicked out to the curb. <laughs> yes, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I don't even think I heard of this. This is called Breaking. It had an original title of 892, which oh, I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, maybe like a police code? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, it's Breaking. <laughs> it's directed by Abby Damaris Corbin. 
and just kind of what is this film? What is this film, and um, and what do we have with it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this film is heavily marketed as a a modern day Dog Day Afternoon, uh, and as a huge fan of that film, that's kind of what landed on my radar. Hmm. Uh, Breaking stars John Boyega, fresh off the Star Wars sequels, which yep. I'm I'm sure he is ecstatic to distance himself from. Uh, he is also in Woman King, so it's a little bit of a Boyega week. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, this tells the true story of a war veteran, uh, Brian Brown Easley, fueled by mental and emotional problems. He holds up a bank with a bomb, uh, and the runtime is really just dedicated to him or, or, or us unpacking his motives uh, throughout the whole time. I gotta say, the true story aspect was a little bit of a detriment here. Uh, I feel there was too much trying to... I don't know, create a sympathetic side to it. And I think uh, it couldn't be farther from that marketing comparison or what was in the marketing that this is Dog Day Afternoon. I think this was nothing like Dog Day Afternoon other than the very <laughs> surface level, it is a bank heist right. you know, or a bank holdup. You know? yeah. So did you find yourself being pushed by just the way the film was going? Were you trying to be pushed into a corner of liking this character? Or, yeah. Or finding it more morally gray rather than... You know, morally, uh, uh, morally black. Uh, yeah, uh, more so, I don't know. Um, it tries to make, uh, I mean, I would say almost the entire runtime is mm-hmm. making a sympathetic character where, I don't know, I mean, there there is a kind of a cool factor to Dog Day Afternoon. I know that's not like maybe the most thought out thing, but they are criminals, you know, I mean, they, right. they're recognizing <laughs> as criminals. And I think there's so much, I mean, there are huge hoops this film jumps through. Uh, to make this character sympathetic and not fall within a light that, you know, he is a victim of circumstance. Right. Uh, certainly that can be the underscore or the the through line to the character. There has to be more than that, though, and I really mean it. I mean, so many scenes, almost every single scene in this film is him just, you know, Calling the police or calling, you know, the 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 Veterans Association or calling CNN or calling his daughter and just making, you know, him empathetic and there's just no follow through on it. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, there's it's, just nothing here, you know? Yeah. So if they would have cut that out and you just would have got this guy who's doing wrong. Yeah. And so you're looking at him for someone who's doing wrong. It could be a little bit more, I don't know, in a way, badass and kind sure. of better and darker. Like make yeah. a villain. If you make a villain out of villain out of him almost. Yeah. And definitely the because of the true story element of this, it's definitely not trying. It, it's picking a side that we're, you know, we're maybe seeing this uh, in a historical context that there was a reason why he 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 engaged in this um, uh, this bank heist or this bank hold up and I'm certainly and again I don't get me wrong I'm fine playing that out certainly mm-hmm. that would be what would be great to unpack at the end of the film it is pushed right in our face right away and more importantly from a script perspective there's nothing else to it you know what right, I mean right right um, we don't get maybe us being empathetic and it evolves to being, oh, maybe we don't see it as it is. Um, it is so very cut and dry. We feel bad for him for the entire runtime, the yeah. short runtime. You know, thank God it was short. So, yeah, well, it's an hour and 43. Mm-hmm. How long do we spend inside the bank? Because oh, the that's entire what- time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And in that, I guess, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm maybe backtracking some of my <laughs> some, <laughs> some of my hate of the comparison to Dog Day. But in that, it is Dog Day Afternoon. You know what I mean? We are the right. whole time we're in the, we're in the bank. And I will say, you and I are definitely heist 
guys. Sure. I mean, we could definitely, we could easily probably do a part one and part two mm-hmm. special on that alone mm-hmm. of Bank Heist films. So it's just, was it, I don't know, what, were there any good elements of the heist kind of? Was, was there moments of you were really into it and it was almost edge of seat you know it may, maybe first 20 uh i i was i was kind of engaged with it uh but again nothing is done i wouldn't really call this a heist it's more of a drama with the setting being a bank holdup. you know okay uh it, it's huh. you know primarily this this writing falls short because it's just exposition of the character's backstory and motives it's all very extremely basic countless and i mean just countless scenes are just him on the phone just Going through the motions of just telling him, telling whoever he has on the phone in that moment right. why he's doing it, uh, why this is a thing. Uh, we get a little bit of spotlight of why, you know, where maybe where his emotional and mental problems seep into his his lucidity and his and his rationalism. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's real boring because if you think about it, just fundamentally what the scenes we're seeing, yeah, we're not seeing. A- anything entertaining or even high stakes it's a dude on the phone breaking down basically <laughs> he's breaking is he's breaking down <laughs> on the phone uh, and really he's playing a victim while at the same time he's creating actual real right. victims it, it is yeah it's yeah. a bomb threat and and again I, if the film has to have this outlook that um he is to be a sympathetic character especially mm-hmm. for the actually the real history of it how we're seeing that through i'm fine with that objective but again it it, it it comes back to in the edit understand where the film is working and where is it not yeah as far uh, as filmmaking it, goes yeah you know, give us something you know boyega actually does have some decent emotional scenes here okay um he's definitely trying to bring a lot there's a, there's a lot done to as well copy or, or or obviously show you know in wardrobe in in mannerisms this this real person brian brown easily but man it again it's just it's so just like actually boring <laughs> like we're just watching him on the phone go through a breakdown and that is repeated and repeated and repeated uh, almost every scene in the film is him we we are getting the information of the script the exposition through these phone calls and there's nothing else to it okay uh, and i really can't i cannot feel strongly enough this was a waste of time for that reason you know what i mean you can literally watch one of the many phone calls that he dishes it all uh, he dumps it all and you get the gist you exactly. just you get the gist and then it's just gist. repeat rinse and repeat rinse exactly. and repeat exactly exactly and nothing <clears throat> is done there to create excitement to create stakes uh nothing is uh, done to create a difference from circling the drain on it then was this in theater or was this like a small production like online thing uh digital was, release uh, i believe bleaker street uh off the top of my head i don't know anything else that Bleak Street does. Definitely recognize the label, though. Okay. Uh, this was in theaters, though. Oh, it was? So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Uh, so, the mean, movie theaters are not doing well. This was, We're supposed yeah. to be back. We're supposed to be back to normal here. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Maverick ate its lunch for sure. <laughs> I mean, Maverick is just is a Maverick in the theater. Uh, like I said, it is a real shame because um, Boyega's performance here is good. I, I, you know, straight up good. But it's just that we just get it rinse repeat. It's a real shame that such a bland movie is 
the last film of the late actor uh, Michael Kenneth Williams as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he passed away recently, and uh, um, you know, uh, probably everyone will will say, "Oh, you got to see him in The Wire." He's been in a handful of other things. I honestly enjoy seeing him, or, or enjoyed seeing him on on film here. He does get some spotlight in here, but again, not enough to be his final mark and a role that is just, again, just visually boring. The conversations he has yeah. with Boyega on inside the bank, he's basically like the police negotiator. The conversations they have is just like, okay, we got the emotions out the first couple minutes. Now they're kind of bonding and it's like, okay, <laughs> time for the next one on the contact list. Let's uh, call okay. CNN. You know what I mean? That's it's, annoying. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just... You know, I mean, I, I if I was to greenline this project, I mean, it, I certainly there's an objective that this film has to tell a accurate history, to tell the you know Easley's side of the story, if you will. Right. But uh, there's 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 nothing done there to make this an electric film to to actually want to watch it. You know, just read the actual history of it at that point. I strongly believe this script uh, got lost, <laughs> lost in the sauce in trying to make this ultra sympathetic character out of a bank robber and certainly can be done and certainly aspires to maybe be a, do a dog day afternoon uh, with none of the execution. So lost that even when the motivations are clear, nothing is done to develop the plot itself. And instead, it is a hostage story, which the entire runtime is making us feel bad and falls incredibly flat. We're going to go ahead and give Breaking a 37. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Maybe there was a reason why Maverick ate its lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and pretty much every other movie in yeah, theater. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it seems like. Honestly. Um, so. Yeah, boy. 37. Yeah, that's not too exciting <laughs> to hear about. And yeah. uh, I it, I think there's a reason why most people probably even haven't really heard of this. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's so... You know what I mean? It, it is really amazing watching these movies on curve as they're coming out. Right, and, right. And it's like, uh, it kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? that It does translate to block, box office performance. So. Got in the 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Which is just like, you know... We'll, I mean? we'll touch on the tomatoes. Okay, we'll all right. Touch okay, on the coming tomatoes. <laughs> so coming from a film that we do know kind of that we've been waiting for a little bit, this is this is only Disney Plus or is this theaters uh, as well? Straight to Disney Plus. Uh, what are you doing? Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, so folks, th we're moving on here. This is, again, still new release. This is Pinocchio. This is the first time it's been done... Redone? Uh, redone in... I don't even know. Maybe there's a I 2016 mean, one or... I, I forget when it was seriously done. Yeah, to this extent, I'm not but. sure. Well, your favorite director, uh, Del Toro, is uh, <laughs> is coming out with a Pinocchio rendition, actually. He is? Yeah, it's going to be like a fantasy kind of... Oh, you don't like it? <laughs> no, it's also... <laughs> I got to turn you around on Del what Toro. Is his, what is this doubling up on things? Oh, very weird. Absolutely. This was it, uh, Jungle Book. Uh, Jungle Book, thing, the same thing, where it's just like, I get you have two different studios and two mm -hmm. different casts, but it's like, you guys... This goes all the way back to Ants and oh, A Bug's Life. <laughs> It's just You're like so right. y'all got a pants to like make it come out like two years later like, or something just, like just that. Just give me the heads up. Like at least let's not eat away at each other's bottom line. You right. Know? Right. Exactly. And there's going to be one that's going to be anyway. Anyway, this is Pinocchio. <laughs> this is Robert Zemeckis yeah. teaming up with Tom Hanks again. So this is actually kind of like a huge team. It's Disney money. Yep. You would think like okay, Disney. You're really trying to push Disney Plus that much? Okay. Mm. It just mm. feels like already. It's like I mean, it's like Disney is saying. All right, this is okay. Watch it, sure. don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what do we get with this new rendition of Pinocchio? Yeah. 
Tom Hanks and Zemeckis. Uh, so yeah, uh, this, this rendition of Pinocchio, um, like you said, directed by Zemeckis, uh, Zemeckis and uh, reminiscent of his kind of digital animated films of the 2000s. I'm talking Polar Express. I'm talking um, mm, yeah. uh, Christmas Carol, even, even Beowulf. <laughs> as, as that, was big, that was yeah. big when it came oh, out. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, he directed Beowulf? Yeah, it, it's, he's all about that. You know, he, He's definitely a director that likes that cutting edge technology. I think okay. this is, uh, you know, a refreshing, you know, I mean, he's definitely in that. That space once again with this. Who knows if we're going to get more animated features out of right. Zemeckis. So. Oh, I'm sure you probably will. I, for- yeah. I, I forgot that long list that he's done. Yeah, it, and it's weird. And it's all in post-Gump. You know, it's it's, it's post-Force Gump. It's all in the 2000s. But why would... I, when we're talking tech and stuff like that, I mean, sure. that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, very A true. little bit with very what we're true. dealing with. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what we're dealing with here, because we have real Tom Hanks. How does Pinocchio look, and what is kind of the art style that we're getting here? Yeah, so this is right in line with the live actions, you know, the long line, honestly, of the Disney live action remakes. Uh, and this is really the first one we covered on the podcast. This is different than the villain alt movies that we have been getting. I, I'm talking Cruella, Mal- uh, Maleficent. Right. These are in the line of the live action remakes that honestly are carbon copies of the original films with, you know, any controversy sanded off and half the musical numbers. That's basically my review on every one of these live action Disney okay. remakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cut the music in half, maybe, you know, smooth it out, and it's just basically the same scenes playing out. And I'm not a fan of it, you know? Yeah, it's, um, it's a little uninspired, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this film is actually getting a huge amount of hate online, and I honestly don't know where it's coming from because my my while my opinion of these Disney live action remakes that they are soulless that there's not really much reason to have them in you know side by side competing with the animated film mm-hmm. it's also kind of harmless in the sense that just like all right well it's clearly for kids that may be responding to a different art style uh, they they're growing up with CGI they maybe don't like 2D animation you know yeah and it's retelling uh, Pinocchio and that's fun like, I don't mind the story's being told again but mm-hmm. you know I just think it shouldn't be as you said it it feels soulless and, yeah as it uninspired and that's kind of just like that's why you kind of have this meh feeling. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on the hate. I don't know. I it's mean, kind of like 12s and 20s, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, like it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not like chill. <laughs> and go back on uh, for, real quick on the yeah. animation. Is sure. it pretty much everything is real, and we just have the animated Pinocchio and yes. his character friends uh, and such? Uh, real characters. Uh, uh, the Fox character, um, uh, Pinocchio, mm-hmm. uh, Jiminy Cricket. Uh, CGI animated, but uh, plenty of real actors. Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto, uh, the 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 Pleasure Island guy. He was um, the actor Gaston. or uh, the guy that played Gaston in the Beauty of the Beast remake. Ang- Angus, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. Yeah, he plays you know the, the carny or whatever. Right. I was looking at this and I was like. I was trying to go in with a positive mindset because Pinocchio is a super, super old film. It is the second movie that Disney has ever done. We're talking wow. 19, was it, 1941? 19, I didn't realize it was that. You know, it was... If there was a reason to polish up one of the old things, I mean, maybe Pinocchio was the one. And and so I, I was trying to come about this with a positive mindset to walk into this and be like, well, maybe this does need, you know, some brushing up, you know, maybe out of all of them, you know. Why, why are we choosing Aladdin? Why are we choosing Little Mermaid on the horizon? You know, let's go back to the super old, and that's maybe needs the love. Yeah, it's cool. but And it's also just like, it's also frustrating because it's, I'm cool. That's what I'm saying. I'm cool with it. Now, sure. Pinocchio's been done a few other times before and everything like that. That since mm-hmm. then but if you're gonna do it it's just like puts a bunch of 
effing care into it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's it should take it super seriously. Yeah. It's one of your cornerstone films that helped you right. build the company. I know. Don't just throw don't throw it on your digital platform. It literally has the Disney jingle when you wish upon a star. Like it, it was playing and I was just like oh, holy shit, this is this is the theme. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's unbelievable. So you know 80 years of of an you know a pass between that original film and and, and I, I can make that compare because you're right there's there's sequels there's re, you know there's the disney vault you know re-releases right. but yeah. this is you know trying to gun for that original story yeah i mean you know i i i was i i was i was really looking for some positives here i think again un- unfortunately i really just land in the same exact spot that i land with all these films probably most recently i mean this was just right before we started the podcast i finally gave the uh, aladdin live action uh remake oh, of shot. course yeah and it's like it's not bad but it's definitely like I'm not recommending this film. In no way am I saying, "Hey, yeah, you gotta go see this." You know, what I mean, There's absolutely. In no way do I say that. But uh, particularly, the CGI is really not great, uh, which is disappointing for Zemeckis. I mean, I think how I again introduced this, I, I think there was a certain excitement I had to saying, "Well, all right, you know, he's he's certainly." I mean, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a pioneer of combining animation and live action on screen. Right. No, so. definitely. And Polar Express was weird and cool yeah, and had its yeah. own little style to definitely it definitely cited as like an uncanny valley kind of you know <laughs> looks too real it was weird <laughs> yeah but i don't mind it was different yeah, because yeah. It was, at least it was different yeah and also not a bad story mm-hmm. but and zemeckis uh, is pretty respected because oh, for sure did zemeckis also do no no i'm trying to think the last time that they worked together maybe it was polar express because hanks is in yeah uh, yeah yeah he's a good director yeah yeah Definitely I would a, say he's above average. Yes, yes, absolutely. He did cast away. I'm not hating on Zemeckis at all. No, 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 know? for sure. Though there is a, you know, of course. There's the, winners and losers still. There's though. the <laughs> elephant in the room of Forrest Gump, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll dance around that as long as I can on the podcast, folks. But yeah, the CGI is just not great. Certain surfaces, uh, I mean, I, let me say it's good and bad. Certain surfaces like clothing and fabric honestly look photorealistic there's some money behind this thing okay a uh, perfect example is jimmy cricket's hat you can kind of see there's like a felt like uh microfibers to it okay uh there's like it's like wow this looks great other areas are seriously bad there the entire pleasure island segment tries to achieve so much more endlessness uh and uh and grandeur shown through it that clearly animation was the right fit for mm-hmm. you know um uh, there's this really, you know, it just looks like cheap green screen. Like we could whip it together right now, Tom. <laughs> uh, it, there's this certain segment that they're like sliding down like a candy mountain, and it just like ooh, it bad. Ooh, bad. It looks bad. Ooh, it looks bad. Yeah, I mean, realistically, uh, I, I'll clock that back a little bit because again, this is a children's film. This is especially trying to maybe introduce this story to new generations. Does that really make a difference to children? Probably not. Uh, but what does is pacing and tone. Uh, I think very simply, there is an extra twenty minutes of runtime on this, and it really just doesn't do anything for the story. Mm, it's, okay. it's it's space for Alan Silvestri's new songs and. 
I think in some, I really try to stay away from from reviews, but I think that might be key to some of the hate online. These new songs, like how could they change this kind of stuff? Right. Again, I don't. You messing I, with the formula kind of deal? Yeah, I guess. Uh, but they've been doing that for all the live actions. You know, adding a sprinkle of one or two new songs. Do you think you know? that they're also doing it for length? Because like a mo- you don't have an hour and twenty minute movie anymore. Uh, right. Right. But uh, at the same time, maybe that would be great. I mean, putting it on Disney Plus anyway, just yeah. make it an hour twenty. Yeah, and and there's a certain like an hour forty five. This. wild adventure to new pinocchio there's a certain scariness to new pinocchio on how quickly mm, like he yeah. takes he makes a couple wrong decisions without jimmy critic and he's now in trouble you know yeah, what i mean no for sure it's a cautionary tale so uh, i think it, it, it punches less uh and i think the tone is much more bland you know like i said there is there are scary factors to that original pinocchio some of that comes from you know it, it being a 40s film uh and 40s children's film which is you know i mean wartime children i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go with strangers, I guess, is the is the whole Pinocchio vibe. Uh, you know, there there was that's what I mean by these being soulless. Fans of the tone or not, maybe if folks you are saying, oh yeah, no, Pinocchio is totally unacceptable for modern audiences because it's like it, it's it's gonna just scare my child. Mm. I'm not saying that that's not a reason to maybe remake it and sand it down, but I think there is something particularly soulless about that. Uh, I don't think that's I, worth credit in any no, sort of and way. No, I, I, and not only that, I think it, it seeps through the screen and like in the most <laughs> obvious ways where it's yes. like, well, you know, we're kind of running out of ideas here. Let's just keep on, let's just keep on redoing. Yep. Let's just keep on doing the live action. That's what they're doing. And it's just like, it's so, mm-hmm. there's not enough heart behind it. It just yeah. comes off as heartless and soulless. And yeah. it sucks because again, if it's been 80 years, take another crack on it. Yeah. Like, okay, Disney World is turning 50 years old. Sure. Like, like we're going through milestones in 80 yeah, years. It's like a whole new generation, you yeah. know, like the 80 year cycle and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it. But just please, you know, take these properties that built one of the largest companies ever (laughs) and really take some... Their jingle is a song in it. Yeah. And maybe don't do so many. Like, like parcel them out a little bit more so Mm. they are individually more special. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, okay, got to pump them out. Got to pump them out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cash grabs. Cash grabs. Sure. And that's what it comes across, basically. Absolutely. Maybe, and, maybe. I mean, maybe Tom Hanks' performance is amazing in this. I don't know. <laughs> We're about to find out. He's all right. I'm wrapping up. I don't know. I don't know if you are going to find out. I'm wrapping up on this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, if anything, I mean, in the execution, I'm not a huge fan of Corella or Ma- Maleficent, but at least I'm going to give credit to those type of things as they trying were, to create something new, yeah, you know? For sure. You, they, trying they, to have fun with a villain, you know? There are actually know. elements of Corella that you liked a decent amount. Yeah, One of the first true. films we did on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. It's true. Uh, I just think, um, you know, if there's anything of, uh, of value in in watching such an old animation film is maybe seeing how a cautionary tale would be made. And, and again, I, I'm clocking a lot of this back because it is ultimately a kid's story, but I think uh, the rule of thumb is a kid can tell when... You know, when something is soulless. Yeah. I mean, there, I there's, there's something th- primal, if you will. You know, to <laughs> I it. totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, this film has no thrill and it fits right to the bill of straight to Disney Plus release. We're going to go ahead and give Pinocchio a 44. Ooh, 44. We are not doing well this week. <laughs> I like seeing this middle of the road <laughs> it's scores. It's true. It's true. And, and it's weird. I, I, I'm very excited to talk about all the, a lot of these films. Okay. But yeah, you're right. I, it was a bad week. <laughs> it was a bad week. Um, maybe two or three sentences on Tom Hanks. Um, 
two or three words pretty good <laughs> nose prosthetic was the best prosthetic i've seen this year <laughs> really yeah he's got he's got like the exact like nose of geppetto which oh that's like, cool oh, okay looks like geppetto. people hated his stuff on the makeup on him on his colonel parker oh of course of course yeah 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 but no it, it's pretty decent okay all right so we're gonna keep on going here uh this film is now called barbarian this is directed by zach Kreger. Mm-hmm. and again if you could just kind of set up barbarian a little bit this mm. is actually it's, it's you know it's in the theaters yeah it's doing okay as far as like what yeah. theaters have been doing this mm-hmm, summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what is this film? What do we have here? So yeah, I really wish this film would have came out in October because this is a full-on horror film. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it can maybe survive to at least get, you know... Some it might the, get fresh some of the breath and spice money. If you will. <laughs> That's good. It might get it might get a new breath or a new, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's getting a lot of good reviews, uh, and uh, I I am of the same. I, I think it is. I think it's a pretty interesting movie. Um, uh, the director here, Zach Kreger, uh, is actor turned director, uh, and he's got a lot of hype around this. He started his career in comedy with the sketch show Whitest Kids You Know. Uh, honestly, a favorite of mine. If you don't know oh, why yeah. kids you know, uh, look up the the YouTube video Sniper Business. It's a great example of their <laughs> type of comedy, and uh, and clearly a secret formula in Hollywood right now. I mean, taking comedy talent and flipping them into horror. I'm talking Jordan Peele, uh, John Krasinski, Chris Rock, even. And now Zach is added to that, and I think successfully sli- flipped in from comedy into Okay, horror. all right, very so, cool. Uh, Barbarian is an odd one. Um, I want to give a lot of points to originality, definitely to the type of horror that will greatly benefit from no spoilers. So I gotta be, I gotta be pretty vague with this. As one. always with some of these, that, yeah. yeah, we kind of have to dance around them. Yeah, there's a, a you know. It's not even the presence of twists and turns. It's just it's what the film tries to put emphasis on that is so shocking in this film. Uh, the general description is we follow a girl named Tess, played by Georgina Campbell. She travels to a kind of a shady Airbnb in the middle of dilapidated Detroit, and it's just okay. like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? I that that's kind of the, if you will, the 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 pitch that the film and and the marketing has been putting out. My pitch, more so for this film, is that it's about the location itself. It, our topic is really about the history of a home and how the secrets of a home may spiral wildly out of control and and how maybe the home itself is is the horror and 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 i i really there there was at first i walked away from this film i said okay yeah i thought it was good but not great but i really was sitting with this one this week and i think there was there's a lot to love about that because of just how much it's like yeah i can't really describe this in a solid were there moments maybe or just like even stepping back from it where times where there really wasn't that much going on on screen mm-hmm. and yet you felt that horror and you felt that kind of thriller and oh, it was all yeah. just because of the setup and the look and the house and and, and the setting too I yeah. mean as silly as it is an Airbnb and I mean every home on the block mm-hmm. is is dilapidated right. <laughs> it's just this Airbnb you know in no way right right but there's almost something to that that's like right from the word go we're just like something's not something's right. off here yeah yeah and that and that unease and that and that uh, unsettling aspect yeah, is it, great honestly it, it, I don't know it doesn't sound like anything revolutionary but as right. long as it's done well, yes, you know, and you it's go. it's done tastefully, where it's it's all you need to do is catch those feelings, you mm-hmm. know, you just have to do it in a certain way. Exactly, exactly. Now it's an hour and forty two. How much does it hold up there? Is it from go and it's for an hour and forty two? You were just like 
freaking out? Uh, no, no. There's definitely some lead into it. But yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like more than an hour and 42 in a good way. Uh, not oh, in a bad okay. way. Okay. You know, more like, wow, the ride we were taking on, basically. Okay, cool. So. Uh, this film also stars Bill Skarsgård uh, back from the back to horror after a brief deviation. Uh, I think, regardless, folks, what you thought of the two It remake, Skarsgård's Pennywise was easily the best part. So mm. I was really excited right, to right. see him back in horror because he's a. Uh, you know, even even without all the makeup and whatnot, he's a very interesting character actor to watch on screen. Okay, I was going to say, uh, like, very interesting-looking person. Uh, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he is an interesting-looking person. So. Um, yeah, and uh, I would say out of the blue, Justin Long as well. Uh, the man who doesn't age. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. He plays kind of a meta-actor character in this. Um, he's not Justin Long, but he's a actor in this. Okay. Uh, and I enjoyed the inclusion because... Because, I mean, he is a very idiotic character, uh, but also kind of needed to push us deeper where otherwise, you know, every every rational character is saying, no way. So no. we need, okay, so we need incompetent people yes. to kind of get us there and get us in these places or rooms or something, or something like that. And I think that's why I was walking away from this. I was just like, I was so upset with the idiocy uh, of this horror film. I don't, I didn't think it oh, needed okay. it in parts. And then as I reflected on it more, I was just like... All right, it maybe didn't need it, but I don't know if I can I can knock it because ultimately our desire yeah. as the audience is to push deeper into the story. And it was this character was a gateway for that. Exactly. So was he good at I was going to I was going to make the connection of just like here we are taking another comedic or comedy figure. Mm, mm-hmm. Doesn't really do that many serious stuff. Yeah. But it sounds like he wasn't I don't know, he's still in a serious movie. Like how was he being that no, he's, he's a lot of comedy. Um, okay, I don't know, and, and and I mean Long's filmography is all over the place, but he has <laughs> done some horror. He did Tusk, I think, which was kind of a weird like oh, okay. alt horror film. Okay, gotcha. I did enjoy his conclusion, mostly because I haven't seen him in forever, so it was just kind of like, all right, you know. Yeah, he's like you said, he's all over the place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like I said, folks, I mean, on that note, I mean, the movie does really have some really dumb character decisions sprinkled all over it. Uh, I was going to come down, uh, or, or rather, it is going to come down to personal tolerance on this one. Uh, the script of the characters even kind of comments on how idiotic some decisions are. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of uh, dipping a little bit into a meta quality, uh, but then proceeds to do it all before those comments just kind of disappear and filter out. So I'm going to mark it as kind of a personal tolerance. I will say I kind of flip flopped on on giving this time to kind of marinate. Yeah, sure. Uh, and 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 I think it was ultimately worth it where the film ends up with it. I just want to note that for me, I wasn't I was ready to crucify this film, <laughs> <laughs> but I think with the with the full film in hindsight, I think the ride may just be worth overlooking it. And it's tough because I look back maybe to like an Evil Dead early mm, reviews sure. going back to last October. Uh, and I think I maybe skewered some films with that. Um, not that I'm going back on that, but uh, for me as a, a refining my critical approach to it, I got to really figure out how much do I hate idiots on screen or not. You know, <laughs> when is it worth it? When is it not? That's so. a big thing. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. So, 
it's it's I, I was I was reflecting on a lot of things this week, just how surreal it is that I'm I'm working through like like the rated R thing. Everything needs to be rated R for me. That's mm. a new quality of me watching films it's and a product of watching five movies a week. Yeah. So. It, I, and we've talked we've talked about movies a lot of years before yeah. the podcast, and it really was something I don't think I've ever heard you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know? it's it's kind of surreal to process it on the podcast. Yeah. So I, I would say two biggest positives here, if I'm uh, I really want to end on on positives of why you're going to be hooked on this one is great gore some nice practical effects work uh and not in your face either i think it really has some viscerally shocking moments because it is the absence of traditional horror in most scenes uh the horror again is being kind of built by the setting uh, the presence of an unease, and then finally when some more aspects kind of in your face come, it's just really good quality. Uh, and not at all something like we covered like The Curse, where finally when the horror comes, yes. yep. the CGI looks like I made it over a weekend, you know? Totally killed that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, so uh, it, it, it's, it's all in the execution, and in the execution, excellent camera work. Some really amazing-looking zooms. Mm. Um, wow. uh, okay. You know, a lot of fun first-person shots that are utilizing kind of a fisheye. It's not just like a doom first-person look of it. You know, there's there's artistry being put into how we present this. Uh, I kind of make that comment for you, Tom. <laughs> uh, it was revolutionary at the time, what Dune did. You got my boy in it. <laughs> But I think my summary thoughts here, surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah, there are some frustrating aspects to the presentation, but it it rises above the usual idiotic horror tropes because of where we go with it. You know, maybe on further rewatches, I can pick up more actual meaning to tie into it. But for now, this film is a recommend for how much the story evolves and how damn good it is to look at. We're going to go ahead and give Barbarian a 71. Ooh, nice. Mm -hmm. 71 for Barbarian. Very good, Vin. Oh, yeah. And I was happy to see, you know, again, hopefully it, it, it kind of stays in theaters to uh, to October. I wouldn't be surprised. We're getting. Well, I mean, we're getting close now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I look at the release window in October, and it's like, why are we front loading in September? Like, it what? really is yeah. dumb. It is. Stu- it's. God, I don't know. I, I honestly, spooky month. <laughs> I can't figure out this year whatsoever. <laughs> right. Really, when it comes out with release and what's it's happening true. in the theaters. That's true. Um, it'd be interesting though if you love this movie so much to check out the cinematographer maybe on a couple others. Oh yeah. He did. He was cinematographer on a horror movie in 2016 and 2019. Oh really? The okay. one looked cool. It was like a black and white or something like that. Oh really? Okay. The cool. eyes of the eyes of my mother or something like that. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay, so that's 71 for Barbarian. Does does the name fit the movie? You know, I honestly don't know why it's called Barbarian. That's I'm sitting here thinking that's what I was trying to sit here and yeah. think that. Yeah. I think I I think I have a guess, but uh it's not immediately present. Then that's where I say maybe on further rewatches I can pick up some more actual meaning to it. Sure, yeah. But no, I mean 71 that's a, that's yeah. a pretty damn good movie there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Worth cool. All right. And that's good again, we've been getting some of these horror movies. You did a uh, Sam Raimi horror kind of recently, and yep. it's nice to see that this isn't played out yet. Yes. Like yes, we absolutely. we're certainly new and fresh genre. It's not my genre of mm-hmm. choice. So I'm not really going to sit down and watch it a lot, but mm-hmm. You know, you hit it pretty hard, and it's nice that we're getting these oh, for these sure. ones that are still unique in their own way or shot well, and they look nice. And, you know, because, boy, there's some bad, 
this, especially the genre of it by oh, itself. Oh, yeah. And if you think about just how much is released that is just not in theaters, technically, that you could come across oh as far gosh, as streaming yes. fodder. Oh, my God, know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. Okay, all right. So now we're going to go with the big release. This is the one that's being billed as the big one. Even like even so with the box office, it's not like crushing it oh, by really? any means. Really? It's. I mean, of course, it's still number one, but it's just like, well, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But this is The Woman King. This is directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, uh, but definitely the one, the biggest one that I think everyone listening here is going to kind of get an idea. We know what the deal is because it's yeah. being shoved at us the most. Oh, for sure. Promotion Big marketing too. budget Yeah, on exactly this. right. Yeah, so, a lot of behind the scenes uh, exposés kind of thing on that. Right. What do we get with Black Panther 2? <laughs> He said it. He said it, folks. <laughs> this movie has a 95 to a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. And if you know me, folks, that makes me very excited <laughs> to yeah. tear a film apart. But uh, <laughs> I will soften this. And this was definitely not a bad film. Um, I have some nitpicks. I have some actual valid criticism. But I think it kind of... It, it, my, my objective here is more so just tempering. In no way, if you walked into this film thinking it was like 99. You it's know? so dumb. It's a 99 yeah, exactly. audience score too. It's just not true to your experience. And I don't think it's true to even the, the lovers of this film's experience either. So It's the people. Well, let's talk about it before we, uh, sure. before we rip apart the score. Sure. It's so ridiculous. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, marketing wise, this is now floating around with the term alternative history, which I feel is a term that says basically there are certainly historical aspects. Uh, but the story and the conclusion is fiction. Um, uh, I, I'll compare it to a lot of different things, uh, but you know, you look at something like Gladiator, and it was just you know historical fiction. I don't think this alternate history type of thing needs to be flagged around. But I guess that's going to be the new subgenre uh, that's uh, going to yeah, be floating it's around. Kind of annoying. This. Yeah, because it's just a fiction. It's it's history, but it's a story. You know, it's a fiction story, but. Yeah, you know, maybe that's a nitpick. Maybe <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, there's a big difference. I think I think like you said, I think we are going to get more and more films like this. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be billed almost as like like a gladiator, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't belong there. It's its own yeah. fake history thing. Yeah, yeah. And Which, I mean, there's fine. plenty of fake history to to like a gladiator as a perfect example. But uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's odd that they they need to put that out there. Uh, this is telling the uh, kind of a period piece again, one of these kind of uh, period piece films in the 18th century of the African kingdom of uh, Dahomey. However, it is structured, you know, despite this 18th century, it is structured 18th and f- century or 1800s. I think it's 1800s, yeah. Okay. Okay. Not, it's not the big, di- not, sure, no, not no, a big difference, but yeah. Because I think it, it, was, it was 17th to 19th century is the, gotcha. is the overall span. Yeah. You know, we this feels like a much older setting because of the kingdoms and the swords and the royalty, mm-hmm. even though they are dealing with muskets and slave trade and, you know, and w- something we would consider, you know, semi, you know, semi-modern, if you will. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. Um, uh, we experience the nation in the eyes of Viola Davis, uh, who plays the main general of an entire Entirely female force, um, but many more get the focus in kind of a semi-ensemble cast. This includes Shauna Lynch, uh, who of course was 007. Uh, 007 in No Time to Die. Uh, I really enjoyed her quite a bit in here, including a young, uh, new young actress, uh, Thuso Mimetu. Uh, it really feels like an older style of film, though. Um, uh, slightly refreshing. It feels really? like an old 2000s epic with many characters set in a grand setting. It, I mean, I, I think it did kind of achieve oh, okay. some sort of genuineness of how much of a period piece it was. So how did it 
do that? Was it through sets and the way it was shot? Was yeah, it? Yeah, it just, I don't know. I mean, again. It was just the feel of the film. Yeah, it's just yeah. the feel of the film. There's a, a, I'll go into a, what really is the bulk of it is is training. Uh, and it, it there, there's just maybe something that I was, uh, you know, it, it felt with just a lot of the costume work, how much we are diving into the culture of the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be there in any of the period piece, semi-fantasy, you know, uh, light fantasy uh, of, um, you know, of, of of these early 2000s big epics that we were getting. Right. Um, structurally, the film is mostly training sequences. Uh, gave me a lot of Mulan vibes, especially with the female element, where the training is the focus in the script and in the plot to be paid off with real action. We covered this as well, being a story structure with G.I. Chain. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's many similar war stories. I mean, if you want, if you want a superhero comparison, Batman Begins, kind of same thing. It's training with payoff of real action. You know, and that's that's the whole structure of it. I'll tell you what, this movie would be about ten points better with a real good villain, though. I was, I really yeah. wanted something to kind of just seal it all, and especially with this semi ensemble cast, they have different priorities, they have different things that they care about. Would have been nice to unite them within well, the same to. You you know, it's kind of weird a- that there isn't. And just when you set up like this, you would think there would be a natural villain that we're building up to defeating yeah. or that like it's it's there. There impending is doom. There's certainly antagonists. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong. There is actually a very meaningful conflict that is very, very slowly, uh, you know, kind of built up and very slowly introduced. But the pacing is off for how much shared spotlight we get. OK. And. It feels, the pacing definitely feels, I mean, this is, what, two hours 15? Yeah, two hours Um, 15. It really feels, if anything, like those 2000s epics, like a three-hour affair, because pacing-wise, we're just kind of start-stopping depending on which member of of the nation or or this, this, um, you know, this unit uh, we're focusing on, because not everyone is moving towards the same goal and not everyone is even moving towards a goal at all you know was it unfocused for that reason did, did you could it rather be like let's just stay with this unit working yeah. towards something bad guy then boom at the end we deal with the bad guy and, maybe, and it's like an hour and 50 yeah maybe i would have even been critiquing it if it was that simple but i feel like a a you know a singular focus uh, to what they were combating really would have made this film a lot more electric. Yeah, it's so to evil it. to be yeah uh, to be working towards defeating basically. Yeah. yeah, you look at you look at similar alternative history like Gladiator, <laughs> and 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 so much is elevated by the great villain. I mean, it smooths mm, it's, out. It's so true. Yeah, it smooths out pacing, and more importantly, and and this is where my perspective on plot and script is coming in here. Um, it makes it that every action is a step towards the goal rather than having yes, us yes. side very, plots. Exactly. Very well put. Yep. Yeah. So some notes on characters. Like I said, uh, Lashana Lynch uh, is seriously great in this. Uh, no joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> he has his doubt. He's still holding the, the hatred. I of- mean, she had she was like cool. <laughs> they didn't need to call her 007. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she could have been 008 or something. That would be that would the, the, be the fan is cooler. hurt still. <laughs> but she she had a, she had a, I, I didn't I didn't dislike her or her acting, I'll say. Yes. Like she yes. definitely carried herself on on screen really well. Yeah, and I think uh she really brings a lot to this. She was by far my favorite character, uh, okay. my favorite actor or rather actress in this uh in, Even in- after Davis uh, Viola, Viola. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, we love Viola Davis. I do. Uh, I I don't really have a lot of notes on Viola Davis, just because I felt that it was like 
Maybe I was expecting too much, but it feels like a very just humdrum kind of role for her. Okay, you know, kind of just her with an accent. Yeah, and kind of exactly, yeah, and yeah, same yeah. kind of either it's it she's she's a bad bitch or she's like you know really yeah. emotionally depth in depth. Yep, and it's it kind of a mix of that. So okay, you know, if you will, you know that that's really a lot of Viola, Viola Davis's roles. I'm always excited to kind of see that in this. I was hoping she has the big spotlight. This is almost her vehicle, if you will, because it know? is there are comparisons to this gladiator. Yeah. So we are kind of expecting some type of uh, <laughs> um, what's-his-face performance. Yeah, you know? yeah, Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but back to Lynch. Uh, I mean, in, in James Bond, I, I would describe her as a welcome addition, adding some some badassery to it. In this, that is... <laughs> he's, he's already... I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut in. Go, why don't you finish your statement? <laughs> was, she showing, was she showing up late she to takes- everything, too? <laughs> She was she as was, that a was she as useless as she was in 007 <laughs> or in James Bond? <laughs> Just, <yeah>. Oh man! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did she show up and Viola was just like, you know, we pretty much we pretty much got it handled here, but we appreciate it. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Sorry. No, it's it's perfectly fine. I knew I was in trouble when I was bringing up James Bond. Honestly. Okay, go back to what you said. You, you um, liked her as far as her badassery. <laughs> no, I, I think it's taken to the next level. Okay. Uh, she is not only given a a role that plays well to her character. She's kind of given this big sister role among the unit, and she really shines in it. But the badassery is also taken up a notch as well. And and yeah, I, honestly, I thought she was great in this. I mean. Well, okay. well beyond Viola Davis, and well beyond some of the the critiques I have. Okay, well, we're gonna have to keep an eye on her. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, she just upped the role so much. Uh, you know, classic case of this could be one thing, and I think she brought a lot to it. And you know, it, if anything, I was looking a little bit in her filmography. She's, I guess, doing uh, the Matilda remake. Yep, that'll be coming out uh, this year, which I think is kind of interesting. I, I love Matilda, so and, and maybe she can bring a lot to that as well. So. Uh, on the bad, uh, and unfortunately, you know, again, I always feel a little bad, folks, picking on younger actors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Our youngest actor, uh, Thuso Mabedu, and Jordan Blogger, man, it, their accent work, it almost sounds silly. It almost sounds offensive coming out uh, in certain scenes. It's re- it's a real big anomaly, though, because you will see scenes with them alone or mm-hmm. with other actors, and it's not bad, particularly to Mabedu, uh, her with other children actors, with her, with Viola Davis, pretty good. There's a, a heavy romance subplot between these two characters, though. Uh, Jordan, or, or, or blogger, plays a Portuguese, uh, you know, traitor. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like forbidden love type of thing. Man, the scenes that they are together are so bad. It's a classic case of just like they they can't bounce off each other. The work <laughs> yeah. is not being elevated. Uh, the accent work falls apart. Uh, I think both of them are real bad as far as chemistry. And and again, I'm not I'm really not trust trying to pick on young actors, but it was it took me out of it. Yeah, it, they it really ruin did. movies. Yeah, oftentimes yeah, kids can ruin ruin movies. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, not only that, this romance subplot I thought was wholly unnecessary. Okay. And if anything, kind of took away from some of the, you know, the the, the female power that obviously this film yeah. oozes. I feel like that distracted from it. So, that it was just about this. So romance. if you cut away from that, now you're having a more kind of just a less fat and more fine tuned film. Yes. Then. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And if anything, trim it down. Then that pacing maybe isn't a problem. That yeah, pacing definitely. has the you know the runway to feel a little bit slower and, and play out this ensemble or semi kind of ensemble tale. Like I said, uh, while I may not have liked some aspects here, uh, I did not think this was a bad movie. Uh, do I think it was anywhere close to a 99, a 95? No way in hell, folks. Yeah. But uh, this was not a bad movie. A big blockbuster period piece that I think achieves probably the most important quality, and that is making these women warriors badass. Fundamentally, that is what this film has to do, and I'm happy to say it succeeds at that. The culture these women warriors have, again, regardless of the historical accuracies, this alternate history, uh, you know, what the film is actually achieving on mm -hmm. screen. You know, I was rooting for them because they they sell it themselves. Uh, they, they've earned the badassery to it. Uh, they've earned these cool set pieces, this well-earned epic because... It's so much about the training. We see from the plot so much of what they go through to be badass, and I think that's yeah. well earned. It's not Mary Sue. It's not you know what what many of a naysayer would say online with a fully woman uh, project like this. Yeah. So you know? what's coming into my head, and mm -hmm. maybe it has to do with it. It feels like a, a more early, like maybe nineteen nineties or two thousands exactly. period piece. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like like Wonder Woman. Sure. With the Amazonian chicks right. or the, the full female right. brigade or uh, Captain Marvel or something like that. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's not just one note. It's not mm -hmm. just like, oh, don't worry, we're covering our woke, exactly. our woke bases here. It, exactly. it goes further than that, at least. It goes further than that, and it's well earned because, again, I, I not only in the execution or in these scenes that they are, you know, fighting and whatnot, or or even uh, the bonding between the women in the tribe. The, the, it's it's all actually very well earned, it's got, and it's got uh, real heart to it. Exactly. Oh, yeah, so okay. it's it's not bad. Uh, however, you know, this does open up some problems, and and folk, you can probably f you know fill out the bingo sheet on what I'm gonna say, and needs to be rated R, and and cut the cut the time a little bit. You know, <laughs> you're gonna have a deal. <laughs> you donate, you get a daily ratings bingo sheet. <laughs> 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 What's Vince, Vince gonna say? That's pretty good. Yeah, and again, like I said, in in no way that I, I do I overly want to just tear this film apart. I, I if anything, no, I'm, you came away actually like enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, actually a good. It's a good end of summer blockbuster. It yeah. seems like yeah. And I think more than anything, it was quite refreshing returning to this kind of, you know, it, it almost goes back to what we were saying uh, last week that. Yeah, what, uh, whatever the Matt Damon quote, the films like this don't get made, or or maybe it was it was back to the special, right? Uh, yeah, films like this don't get made. This film felt like one of those old films that don't get made. It's anymore. actually very surprising, yeah, because you would think that this just has blockbuster, blah, yeah. blah, blah, exactly. And like not a lot of care taken into it. Okay, exactly. that's good. Uh, might be interesting seeing this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's uh, it goes back to my objective in the very beginning. Uh, is this a ninety nine? No, but a six. It is a successful one that may feel refreshing in its scope, uh, an epic, and honestly earns its place among the peers. Uh, because of its own badassery and because of how much uh, the film earns that, uh, earns that type of description uh, through the scenes we see and the plot that unfolds. We're going to go ahead and give The Woman King a 70 on the dot. Wow, 70, very good. So, and yeah. it's funny that you would still categorize it, you would put it in the epic category. It's a big yeah. enough movie or has that big feel to it. For sure. There's and, enough going on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe come, that comes from some of the pacing because we, we get sidetracked quite a bit, but maybe that adds to the scale as well. Okay. So. Wow, that's that's a good surprise. And I'm mm -hmm. um, like you said, it's got 94 
on the critics. It's got 99 audience score. It's just ridiculous. 99? Like, what? You I think got pe- no I, problems with I it? I think people feel like they need to like it. Yeah. I think you have an all-black cast, and people feel like they need to be con- kind to this. Absolutely. Otherwise, they're going to be like, I don't know, I guess called racist online. A bunch of online people are going to be called racist by a bunch of other online people. It's right, ridiculous. Right. But so hopefully, you know I mean? in, in that, the objective of the review, it's it's about maybe tampering some expectations and being real with it. Like yeah, real talk. And, se- and seventy is a good. Just to remind people with with the yeah, daily ratings, absolutely, seventy is a good score. That's saying it's a good movie. Yeah, and and the yeah. film earns it. You know, what I mean, the film. You know, hopefully, I've illustrated that the film can earn that on its yeah, own. Yeah, I know? think I might be. This might be a good. Just I might just wait till it comes out on digital. Sure, but one to throw on and just kind of enjoy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. All right, Vin. Well, looking at these scores, is there anything else to add here? Or we're gonna roll credits. No, I, I gotta say, I, I really, really enjoyed talking about film this week, but no, nothing else to add. Uh, it's funny, yeah, we started out the week, well, we started out the episode being like, it was a great week, it was a good week we had, and it's like, realistically, it, it was an okay week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but okay, Vin, Vin, we thank you for watching these films and stopping by with us this week. Folks at home, we're going to run it by one more time here. We have 48 hours with a 48%, breaking with a 37 Pinocchio with a 44, Barbarian with a 71, and The Woman King with a 70. Folks, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, could you give us a good rating or tell a friend about us? If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or just to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you see from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors, so we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.